The option to override automatic detonation expires in T minus three minutes. The option to override automatic detonation expires in T minus one minute. Ten seconds. Nine. Eight. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. The option to override detonation procedure has now expired. Okay, welcome to the very first ever spoiler cast. It's just Matt and I this evening, but we want to spoil Alien Covenant for you, the curious people who have chosen to listen to this podcast. You've heard the warning clacks on at the beginning. We are going to spoil this movie in its entirety. If you've not seen the movie or if you care about anything being surprised for you, do not listen any further. This is your last chance to bug out and stay spoiler-free. I mean, we're going to talk about stuff, finally. This is, for those of you that don't know, anytime we go see a new movie, we normally go see a movie, and then we stand outside the movie for, for however long it takes us to get everything out that we need to get out. Roger, not so much, because Roger always says he needs some time to mill the movie over. I don't know if he goes home and has fever dreams about these things or whatever, how he makes his mind up. I pretty much know if I like a movie or not when I come out. We normally sit around and talk about it. Everyone has seen it, so we're free to talk about it. We come on here, and we have to give generalities. Well, there's a point in the movie. I don't... Whatever. We're going to tell you what that point is, why we didn't like it, or why we loved it, and let it all out. So, Alien Covenant. All right. Again, last chance. We're about to spoil everything about this movie including the biggest nugget in there which involves the xenomorphs yes okay here we go so let's talk about the opening briefly they go to we already reviewed it you probably heard that they're going to a planet their colony ship they're going to one destination to colonize they hear john denver yes which is being broadcast by the android david from the engineer ship from the last movie and they they divert. They take a detour and they go to this unexplored, uncharted world because there's John Denver music playing. They do divert. Um, yeah. Sorry, I'm adjusting my mic. It's making noises. Um, so they do that. I want to stop right here for a second. This We may get long. I wish... It would have been Walter and the computer alone for a little bit longer. Yeah, I like this. You get yes. to see, they're all in cryo sleep. You get extended sequence of Walter doing ship maintenance. Wandering the ship, checking systems. He's the steward. 
while they sleep. Yeah. I wish the music, the signal would have been going on while he was still on the ship, and then he woke people up because of the signal and did away with the rest of it. But whatever. It is what it is. So, yeah, there's an, here's the crazy thing. They, they hit a geostorm, some kind of magnetic storm. Yes. Well, geostorm. That's the name of a movie coming <laughs> yeah. out and yeah. an awful car. They don't, yeah, you're right. It's just a magnetic storm. Yes. They hit it. It pulls them out of, it pulls the crew, not the colonists. It pulls the crew out of their car asleep. Because the ship has been damaged. Yep. Yeah. But not so bad that they have to stop or repair or anything. Well, they go out and repair. Yeah. They pull nothing. the, the sun, the solar you're ray right. catch up. But this isn't like we can't go any further. It's a minor inconvenience. Yes, yes. So here's what makes me mad about, I think it's kind of a weak story angle, the music. I mean, Dave is trying to attract people to the planet. I'm assuming he's setting a trap. That's never clear, but that's the safe assumption. Yeah. But if everyone's in cryo sleep, I don't necessarily think that Walter the Android was listening for signals. No, probably not. So how is he going to attract anyone? I mean, this wouldn't even work. He just got yeah. lucky that they came out and they, were, they heard it. Yes. It's, at that movie, moment. This movie is a happy circumstance. Yeah. I mean, that's the crazy thing now that I think about it. I don't think his trap would have worked for most ships. No. But, I mean, from David's point of view, what in the world else are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, you're, you know, what are you going to do, man? And, you know, this is Monday morning quarterbacking. But if I were writing it, I think there'd be a more interesting angle because we know David was Wayland, the head of the company's personal attendant. Yes. This is another Wayland ship with another model that it's not inconceivable that this android could have had some override SOS code to summon a, a ship that's run by father or mother. Well, he obviously has some override codes because he uses them. At some other point in the movie. So just my, my two cents. I think it would have been a stronger angle to have the ship hijacked while they slept, and then they have to come to and realize that they're in orbit and they don't know why. Oh, that would be good, too. Yeah. Yeah, because that would even be consistent with the rest of the film. But I like the opening scene with Walter Fassbender alone on the ship. I thought that was really good. I could have seen it go on for a little bit longer. So, so they then go to the planet. They go down to explore. The weird thing is we discussed in the review, they don't really seem worried or concerned or even wondering why there's music playing. They actually look at the planet, whether it's suitable for colonization. Yeah, because they had picked out a planet for colonization and gave it some score on some scale. Golden this, world scale, something yeah. like that. The planet they were, that the signal was coming from was actually higher on that scale. So why not? Why not look at it? But whatever. We'll find out why they, why they should have just stayed away. So they go into orbit. They take a lander down. It has an unfriendly atmosphere, as of course it does. And they start exploring. And there's wheat. They find the wheat really quick. They're taking samples and they're looking for the signal. They're oh, moving towards the signal. Yeah. I love how they immediately look at it and go, this is earth wheat. I know my wheat. <laughs> yeah. And this, what are the odds of traveling and having wheat? And this is giant wheat, too. Granted, I haven't been around a lot of real wheat plants. They looked pretty big. And there's no answers whether it's the engineer's wheat, whether they gave us wheat, or maybe Elizabeth Shaw was living there for a while. 
and, and just happened to have some wheat seed, well, they, seed with her they, yeah. on an engineer ship. <laughs> You're right. So more than likely, this was engineer wheat. Engineer wheat. But by goodness, exactly like Earth wheat from mere visual inspection on an f- alien planet. <laughs> so they make a note that there's no animals. There's no wildlife. There's no bugs. There's no birds. And yes. earlier in the film, we've seen that David has bombed the population of this planet with the engineer's black goo from Prometheus in those vases. Yes. Those are the warheads for it. Yeah. The, his ship arrives, it's greeted en masse, and he unloads the payload on them. He does. And they die violent, quick deaths. Violent, quick deaths. Some mutate, I think. Some of them just die and like turn to stone or whatever. Yeah, they, they, they crystallize and harden. Yeah. I think some Neomorphs popped out in that scene. Maybe. I would have to watch it again to see if anything popped out. I mean, because they were dying pretty quick. I mean, it was... It's an effective weapon. Yes. Yes. Against any, it looked like against anything that was biological. Well, not even about because I don't know if it hurts the plant life. Well, we've seen in Prometheus it changed the worms, and I think it's implied here that it changes the spores of some plant. Yeah, it may have. Yeah, because one of the crew members, two of the crew members, get spores in their ears. They're stepping and walking around. You see the spores come off the pod. Sentient spores. Yeah, that home right in and go in their ear canal. Yeah, and they do home run, and like they organize, coalesce, and move as a unit. Yeah. So something's going on here. It's like Venus flytrap meets alien. <laughs> so some of the crew goes off to survey, take water samples, conduct tests. The rest of the crew goes towards the, the signal, signal. Yeah. in the ship, and they meet. Well, no, they don't meet. David. No, they do. Well, they eventually do when distress calls are made. Yes. So the first crew member that got infected by the spore gets escorted back to the lander because he's feeling sick. Yes. And then we see the Neomorph. The Neomorph pops out of his back. It does. When we say Neomorph, this is different. This is what we saw towards the end of Prometheus. It came out of the engineer. It has more of a different shaped head. And in Prometheus, it had a sharp ridge on the back, and it sawed its way out of the engineer. Yes. These ones more or less just burst out of the back. Well, engineer physiology, obviously different, more muscular than a human being. Um, And was it all legs? I mean, it was kind of insect-like, if you will, almost, in appearance or whatever. The neomorph? I thought so. They're pink and fleshy. They are pink and fleshy. They have, I don't know they didn't have double jaws. They have more like shark teeth. Right. But it, it, was all, it was like they are on all fours. Yeah. Yeah. Even though they can stand erect. Yeah. But the gestation period for this is like 20, 30 minutes. Uh, it's not movie time, but real time in the movie. Yeah. Less yeah, than it, an hour. Oh, yeah. It's not long at all. And it's a one-foot-tall neomorph that pops out of you. I mean, it grows fast. Oh, yeah. Like one-foot-tall and devastating as yeah. soon as it comes out. 
Not like your xenomorphs that come out kind of small and kind of scurry away to go harden and get big or whatever. It's, I mean, it was killing people within seconds of it. Well, wanting to kill people and being successful within like minutes. Yeah. So the neomorph bursts out on the lander. The surviving crew member that was with the sick guy starts shooting at it, hits fuel or oxygen. Yeah. Blows up the lander. Blows up the lander. Now we're trapped. So the rest of the crew is coming back on the distress signal, and their sick crew member goes down and pops the neomorph out in a field. Yes. And then it's hunting them right away. It's attacking them. It is. Like, right out of the gate, I'm going to kill all of you. So they end up running in a different direction, find a temple. Oh, no, David shows up and shoots the flare. Yeah, David shows up and runs the neomorph off. No, let's back up a little bit. Because we're a giant colony ship. Right, we learn later that there are a lot of people in stasis. Yes, and we have one lander, just one, just one, and it's not that big. Oh, it's maybe like eight, nine, ten, twelve people, and they have big construction equipment. They have big, massive vehicles. construction equipment, and a singular lander. I mean, maybe the lander holds them underneath, maybe as a clamp, because they also have a cargo lander. I think the cargo lander is for. The terraforming equipment. Yeah. Okay. But that still doesn't change the fact that if you have 2,000 or more people on a colony ship and you have a lander that seats like 12 people. Yes. It's going to take some time to get everyone down to the planet. When we say lander, it's a drop ship. It is. Historical sci-fi drop ship. Yes. The cargo lander is a flatbed. Like work uh, platform. As a crane. As a crane. Yeah. Not made for atmosphere, like, orbital deployment. No. It's no. made for suborbital yes. deployment. It's got thrusters on it, but it's not a, not a spaceship. No, it is not. It's just a workhorse piece of equipment. So, yeah, that's all they have on this colony ship. That doesn't make any sense. No. So David shows up. He shoots a flare that scares off the Neomorph, right? <laughs> yeah, a flare. Just, you know, a flare. Yeah. Even though he's being shot at with bullets, a flare gun. Ah, Yes, and they retreat with him to a temple. To a temple. I think. It's a big building with lots of dead engineers in the courtyard. It's the courtyard we saw in the opening. Yeah, I mean, it's in the ruins of this city. Maybe it's City Hall. It's a big building. It's a big building. And they have some questions for David, but not a lot. No, 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 not a lot. Yeah, it's just they get comfortable and they, they clean up. Yeah. And then they start dying. To we have end. some injury. We need to take care of ourselves, whatever. And then screams. Yeah. So at this point, we discover through exploration that David has a lot of drawings of insects and neomorphs and what we would know as the xenomorphs, the face hugger. Yes. At this point, we should probably discuss alien reproduction. Because <laughs> why not discuss alien? Well, it, it matters. No, you're, no, you're absolutely correct. Because there's a stark difference between the alien quadrilogy, yes, and what we know happened in Prometheus. Yeah, the quadrilogy is pretty easy. Okay, right. You have what egg? It's a chicken or egg problem. We don't know what came first, but traditionally there's eggs. Eggs that have face huggers. They have face huggers. You're right. The face huggers do not breathe. They live very short lives. Their goal is to implant an egg. Yes. In a biological species. Yes. 
and that egg adapts to the planet. It it mimics the DNA. It makes a creature that can survive in the atmosphere. Yeah, it doesn't have to worry about. It doesn't theoretically. It does not have to adapt itself to the planet if it's adapting itself to a creature that can survive on the planet. Right, and the facehuggers can survive anywhere, even zero G, yeah. no atmosphere. Yeah. They're just on a mission, and it's usually a gas that triggers them. For instance, in a lot of the movies it has been established, it's our carbon dioxide. It's our exhaling yes. near an egg that triggers it to open. It can be in stasis for a long time, and then boom, facehugger. Yes. The facehuggers, they, they're crab-like. They have the fingers. They, With the tail the to tail, wrap around your neck. The tail strangles you and knocks you unconscious. Yes. The face, or, yeah, the face hugger traditionally then checks for pheromones. The, the face hugger has two types of eggs, and they're checking to see if there's a queen on the planet. If they do not sense the pheromone from a queen, they plant a queen egg. And if there's already a queen, they just make another drone, which is the traditional alien. Yes. That's how they establish a colony. Yes. Like and, insects. Yeah. And then you have a gestation period. And that is wildly inconsistent between these movies. Horrifically inconsistent. It can be days. It can be hours. Yes. Yeah. There's no consistency for that. But at the alien develops inside of you what we know as a xenomorph, and it bursts from your chest in the traditional movies. Yes. And it rapidly grows. Yeah. You could almost refer to, they're commonly referred to as chest bursters. You could refer to that as a xenomorph in its larval stage, maybe. And it is... It's tiny, tinier. I mean, how, how tall? Like a, a foot tall, maybe yeah. two feet in length, total chest burster. It escapes in the body. Normally, it's supposed to eat the body for food, but they always get chased off by other humans. Yeah, because normally it happens around a lot of people, and it's horrific. <laughs> yes. And then from that point, they build the hive. That's what the drones are supposed to do. They eat to survive, but they also capture without killing and bring back more hosts, because the queen is now laying eggs. Yeah, a la aliens. Yes, we see yes. that in aliens. The hive's been established. They're, they're not killing. They do kill some, but if they can, they bring back a live host, mucus them up in the wall. Yes. It's like alien wax. Which has always intrigued me, because if their saliva is acidic, which we know that it is. Their blood. Their blood is. Yeah. But I thought there was one scene went somewhere where they're, maybe, maybe their saliva is not. Maybe it's just their blood. They have silver teeth. They do have silver teeth. But the, we've never seen it done, but they have, looks like exhaust pipes coming out of their back. Yes. And that's been used, at least in the comics, to explain how they excrete the uh, wall gotcha. building. There you go. Wax. I haven't read any of the comics. But anyway, they, they bring hosts back. The queen lays the eggs in front of the host and gets more and more drones. And the beauty of this is the engineers could use this species to wipe a planet because the xenomorphs themselves have fast metabolism and will turn on each other and die out without more hosts. Yes. So they self-extinguish. Yeah. It's Once a- they've wiped out the dominant species, there's nothing left for them to do, and they self-extinguish, maybe leaving some eggs behind. Right. But enough that the engineers could clear a world with it if they wanted to. It's an eraser. It is. Okay. So that is the original reproductive cycle from the first four movies. Except for the fact you made one statement that you're assuming. What's that? Which is the engineers could erase a world with yes. these. 
historically. <laughs> yes, that's the way it was believed to be. We had it for 20 years that way. Yes. There was nothing wrong with it that way. Okay, so now comes Prometheus. We see the engineers have a black goo. Yes. And the first time we see it in Prometheus is the opening. An engineer gets dropped off on a world by a water supply. He consumes the black goo and disintegrates into the water supply. Yes. We assume it's going to wipe out the world. We don't really know. It's like a ritual he's doing. Yes. It's never explained. Never explained. At all. So then we jump forward. The crew's arrived on the world. And this is a engineer manufacturing world. We had the coordinates for it, and there's ships there. There's bombers there. Yes. So the crew finds a black goo and a bomber. Yes. And some worms have been mutated by it. This was a fake out by Ridley Scott because we thought the worms might be precursor face huggers. They're not. They're just mutated from the goo. Right. Crew gets infected, and they start changing. They turn into mutants. Yes. One guy gets stronger, and his face gets messed up. Right. And here's where it gets weird. Another guy gets infected. He hasn't changed yet, but he has sex with Elizabeth Shaw. And through that act, he implants something we'll call the Xenobite. Okay. Or the Trilobite. Okay. In her. That's what she has to do, the emergency surgery to get out of her. Yes. That was done through sex. Yes. She then goes in the auto operator. Yes. Has a starfish pulled out of her. Yes. It's huge. And it gets yes. bigger. It does. So, near the end of the movie, there's an engineer that's trying to destroy them. She takes them onto the ship where she locked up the Trilobite. These are names that fans have come up with. I don't think it's technically called that, but we don't have a name to call it. Right, it's not like they're credited in the film. She opens the door to let it out, and it's now bigger than the door. (laughs) It's this massive thing that wraps up the engineer, chokes him out, and implants him. Yes. And then literally minutes later, this is really fast gestation. A what we know as a neomorph now, that's the accepted name for these smallish, fleshy, gray ones. Yes, pops out from the engineer, saws its way out of his back. Right. So that's Prometheus. Yes. So now we have two separate lines: is that it doesn't quite line up with what we know from the reproductive cycle from Alien for the quadrilogy. Yes. We have this weird engineer method. Yes. Now comes Covenant. And I'll, I'll let you try to explain maybe what happens in Covenant with what we learn. You mean, okay, which, which part? Like, the life cycle, I mean, because we, we already went over the life cycle of what happened. You had the spores yep. and they came up. So there was pods on the ground. Let's talk about David's manipulation. Oh, you want to go there right now? Yeah. All right. This is the part that makes me angry. So as they're discovering things, you realize he has drawings, things like that, um, of the neomorphs. And then the images start to change. I mean, his room would be like a wonderful Giger-like exhibit. (laughs) He's studying a lot of insects. He's studying insects, but there's also these drawings. And they discover Shaw's body. (laughs) She's patient zero. Patient zero. And what has been discovered is is that David is genetically altering neomorphs to arrive at what we now know as the xenomorph. And he must create the facehugger. 
Yeah, he actually added this step into the life cycle of of the aliens. I mean, maybe it was some species from that planet. Because the eggs are there. He has them. I mean, he modified them somehow. He did. He did. Um, I, I would like to know how a robot in a cave has the technology to like splice DNA. Uh, that's a good question. But he's working toward, he's not there yet. He's working towards the xenomorphs that we know. Well, we get them in the movie. I don't think, I don't think, a, I don't think what he wants is his end result from face hugger on up exactly like he wants it because the way the movie ends, which we can talk about because he makes it, he has so much to experiment on now. So there has to be some different difference that hasn't kicked in yet. The one that we saw in the movie. Yeah, the, so a guy runs into the egg chamber. David leads him in there. Yeah. Two guys. One of them gets hit with a face hugger. Yes. And a traditional chest burster happens. Yes. And we get our xenomorph, the humanoid bipedal. Yeah. Did long it, head. Did it have acid for blood? Yeah, because of the crane. You're right, because of the crane. So check that. He's already developed that part of it. Um, it had the it's dual spoiler. Mouth. The reason we're talking about the crane is that during the action scene, she traps... There's, there's actually two xenomorphs, now that I think about it. She traps one in the crane. Yes, the, the crane, and it eats put, away at the... She puts a shotgun in there, hits it, Yeah, and it eats away at the crane when yeah, it dies. Absolutely, I forgot about that. It has the double mouth, has a normal head shape, it's green, normal body. Greenish black. Yeah. So, yeah. But, I mean, he's still doing experimentation, so what has made it diff? Like, obviously, he was working toward something. He took the black goo to what we know as the face huggers on a morph model, and he maybe created queens. That might be something he brought in from the insect world. Ooh, maybe. Maybe he brought in a queen and almost like a hive mind mentality kind of thing later on. So that may have been the next step he was working on. Um, so essentially we find out that the xenomorphs we know were created by David. Huh. So these are all prequels <laughs> to Alien. Yes. The Xenomorphs. Obviously. Now we know that the Xenomorphs fought by Ripley on three occasions, four occasions, are all directly descended from David. That would explain a lot why Wayland, wa- the company, wanted those things so bad. Because when it leaves off, David's on his own in a spaceship. He's probably sending a message to somebody. So, yeah, at the end of the movie, he's got two egg samples, and he puts them in with the human embryo samples, keep them cold. Yeah. So this this leads to a lot of problems. <laughs> yes. When the mythos has now changed forever. The engineers did not create the eight the xenomorphs that we know. But here's the problem I have a hard time swallowing is that I thought based on Prometheus, I thought David created a better process. Because in Prometheus it was all it was really complicated to get to a neomorph. You needed infection copulation between the same species. Then a trilobite comes out of one of them. And then a trilobite infects someone else an and makes one neomorph. That's a lot of work to make one drone. It is. 
So David's process is streamlined. But from that, yes. But then what we see in Alien Covenant is that their bioweapon works fantastically. Yes, it does. Tremendously fast. And perfect. And it burns itself out, kind of. I mean, at least weird things like those spores that could mess with you. I mean, it's, it's, it could mutate wildly, I guess. It could. It also leaves open the question this, or are the spores naturally occurring? From the goo? Just that's how the engineers got the idea to do the goo. From that world? From the world. Yeah. I mean, that's a possibility. So the real problem we have... We don't know how many engineers are left. Was this their only world? Are there other ships out there? I don't know how they can connect a traditional chestburster to Alien because that engineer had an, a chestburster come out of it and it had eggs on that ship. Yes. There's, I don't know, how do you connect those dots with David getting on another Alien engineer ship? I have no idea. Infecting a living engineer. Yes. And David's weapon could not go between worlds without a longer gestation period. The only way it could spread would be an infected party that takes days to gestate and they're in cryosleep. Yes. So there's no way that David's model could ever spread world to world without an, an, an actor. Yes, without an actor, without an outside source doing something like David on the ship making eggs and then depositing eggs all over the place, right? But, yeah, yeah, it, he made it worse. In his quest for perfection, he made it worse. It was also weird with the level of intelligence of a neomorph and the stare down between David and a neomorph. Father. Yeah, that was, that was weird. That, well, he's not, and I, I could be wrong. I thought that he may have confused the neomorph because he's not biological. Yeah, no, I think he did, right? But, but David was viewing it as something like spiritual, right? Because it was the scene between David and Wyland was like, well, if you created me, who created you? And you know, it was all this. He wanted to create and create and create and. He just made it worse. And we don't know why he bombed the population. I mean, maybe malice for their ill will towards humanity, maybe curiosity to see what happens. But was there malice? From him? From the engineers. They were going to bomb Earth. In Prometheus, that's what oh, they that's, learned. That's right. They were going to bomb Earth. They were, that was the mission of the ship, was it was going to come back and wipe Earth. He saw that they were a danger, maybe, because he's about self-preservation, I think. He is. But literally, we go to an engineer planet and we kill all of them before we set the ship down. And David's wiped the planet for the most part. Well, I mean, where they are, there's, no, there's nothing. Yeah. And, but he's got creatures in his study that he would have had to get on world because they wouldn't have been on the engineer ship unless he's raided a museum or... yeah. I have, I, I don't know. All questions we could have got into. And you see Elizabeth Shaw, she's definitely patient zero because she's a, she's a decaying corpse that's been chest bursted. Yes. And she'd been sleeping the whole time. And it's not in the movie, but they show it 
in some of the material they released as prequel little shorts that she went to sleep and she told him to wake her up when they got there and he doesn't. Yeah. He may never woken her up. No. Hopefully he didn't. Yeah. But, I mean, the story had a lot of interesting things about robots and do they love humans and is there that possibility? And it's just kind of like, I may have loved somebody. No, her chest is ripped wide open. <laughs> and that's all missed. Yeah. All missed. And I hate, I hate that the xenomorphs are from David. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah, I mean, I don't like the changing of the mythos because they were such a well-designed species in the earlier movies. I mean, I really like that from a science fiction angle. Yeah. It all makes sense for why the engineers would use these as a wipe. The changing the mythos, they're going to tie themselves up in knots to connect these films. Because, I mean, that's really Scott's goal is to tie up to Alien and even show us how LV-216 or whatever became infected. So... He's just got to write stupid plot points to make the alien ship with eggs happen. I mean, the only thing you got the there, engineer ship. The only thing you got there is: Does David take his time to go seed planets and find another engineer ship? Maybe the engineer ship comes upon a planet he seeded and takes the eggs and for study. Maybe. Yeah. I, I mean, that's about the only. Yeah, way we don't know how many engineers. They had other worlds, because I think in Prometheus it was like a factory munitions world. Yeah, I mean, I viewed it as like a military staging area where you developed essentially chemical weapons, biological weapons for planet eradication. Yeah. Because you don't want to do that on your home world. No. (laughs) There could be accidents, man. Yeah, it's better to build that (laughs) off-world. Yeah, better to build it somewhere else. (laughs) Yeah, I get that. So, yeah, we don't know how many other engineer worlds, any other... There's other species. The engineers have seeded other worlds. Yes. We just haven't seen any of those. Yeah. And we're not that different from the engineers, biologically or at least anatomy-wise. We're in their image. Uh, Yeah, we're bipedal, you know, two-armed creatures. Humanoid. Human... Well, yeah, or engineeroid. Yes. Whichever came first, right? Right. So, yeah, yeah. When they announced that this thing was coming out, I thought we were going to finally learn about the engineers. I mean, you can still give that stuff and still have an alien movie. You can still make it scary and have this impending doom from a creature. And, um, yeah, just not there. And then to top it off, we find out David created the xenomorphs that we know and I about lost my mind when I watched it. Yeah. So that's it. I mean, these are the spoilers for Alien Covenant. Um, Neither one of us was ultra thrilled to learn more about the Xenomorphs and their genesis, at least in these movies. But maybe you liked it. I mean, get a hold of us if you were all about this explanation. I mean, Matt and I talk about John Wick, and we like exploring that universe and learning more. I mean, maybe there are some people that are newer to the series or, or... old to the series and like this explanation because i mean it's it got really good scores on rotten tomatoes yeah 71 61 for audience um i don't know if that was more of a telling from 
So you moved away from Prometheus and actually had a xenomorph that you know? And people yeah, weren't really like concerned with where like it came the, from? The studio t- always takes the wrong lesson. They probably thought Prometheus wasn't favored because it didn't have traditional xenomorphs in it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it still could have. Had, it just needed a different explanation. It's the fact that David created them that I have a problem. And based on what was on that planet, he created a, uh, a lesser version of them. Yeah, And that's the problem I have. A lesser version of what appeared to be a pretty quick and effective eradication device. While we're on the spoiler front, let's talk about the finale, because I thought this was really a big letdown. So it's alien. There's one xenomorph on the ship, the colony ship. They're hunting it. Mother is telling them where it is. Yes. You think you're going to have a big showdown, and they just lead it to the terraforming bay where the big trucks are. Yes. And then very shortly get it into a truck and just push the truck into space. Yes. And that's it. I mean, it's fast. It is. There's no one really in any real danger. No. And it's over. I mean, that's the big finale. Then it's all just wrapping up. It is just wrapping up. Um, I'm going to go ahead at the end end. So Tennessee and what's her Daniels mm-hmm. are put back in pods by who they believe to be Walter. Turns out to be David. And now he's on a ship. Full of frozen people with the ability to keep experimenting. 100,000, I think. Yeah, it was an obnoxious number. I mean, they show him standing in like row after row of like cryopods. Um, But here's another problem. When did you know that that was David? The first scene after the fight. Yes. So there comes a point where Walter's trying to stop David. They get into a fight. And literally, it, if it fooled you, I'm sorry. It did not fool me. I don't think it fooled anyone in the theater we, I was in there with. I went and saw it at a late night show by myself because um, I wasn't able to go see it on a Thursday. And like there was no question in my, in my mind that the version that ran out was David. None whatsoever. And then, I mean, there's kind of that tension building with it, but it's all manufactured at that point because the crew's idiots. Yeah. And now they're just eating breakfast and acting like everything's okay when they've lost three-fourths of their crew, gone through something horrific. Well, I mean, that's the same way this whole movie started out. Yeah. Movie starts out with a problem, and Franco, who's in all the pre-stuff, literally just dies before they can get him out of his pocket. has pod. no dialogue. Yeah, he has nothing. Well, he does have some dialogue in a flashback scene. Yes. Yeah. Mountain climbing. Yeah, mountain climbing. Um, but, you know, Daniels has lost her husband, the person she's decided to follow across space. Everyone else, this is their captain that they've just lost. And it's like, oh, well. Oh, well, whatever. Get back to work. It's fine. You have had a half a day to like mourn. You're good. Let's get back cracking. It makes absolutely no sense to me. None whatsoever. Yeah. And a more interesting angle could have been 
at the end, what if Walter had won the fight? You, he's good. But what if he brought those things to study because he was curious about David? What if it was like a harmless, I want to look at these things? I, I think it would have been better if Walter would have come back on board with two embryos and David's head. So he could probe his mind to see what was going on and like, yeah, I'm that would have been great. Yeah, that would have been better. Yeah. Yeah, because once, yeah, because once David, once it was over and he wasn't, whole, I mean, it was just, you were like, that's, that's David. This isn't going to end well. And here's the thing, too, that the androids in the alien universe are either evil or like the paragon of good. Yeah. Bishop was good, but wasn't trusted because of Ash. Right. I always wonder if there was an alphabetical thing. It doesn't make sense because the movies are in reverse order, but we had Ash, Bishop. We don't have a C word, but then we had David. Yeah. But it doesn't make we sense. We have double Ds. Maybe it stands for the model. Yeah. Right. I mean. But Ash and Bishop are older than David. Are they older than David? I mean, younger. Younger. They're newer. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Because of the timeline. Yeah. But Ash was bad. Bishop was good, but not trusted. And then Alien 3 is just Bishop's head. There's no real android in it. Yeah, no, you're right. They send another one to talk to her because they they feel she might be familiar with that model. Yes. But yeah, that's Alien Covenant. Um, Is this the first alien where everyone dies? Not everyone dies. I would consider Tennessee and Daniel's dead. I mean, if they made a sequel, they'd be in it. How would they be in it, though? Herein lies the problem. They're on board with a homicidal <laughs> robot with two alien, like, progenitors, like things that can continue that species. Oh, they're dead. <laughs> Unless he just didn't get to him by the time someone stopped him. That's the only way they're alive. They are in super deep space. I mean, this, yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, you're right. They'd, they'd have to write a loop around that. Yeah, I didn't. consider them dead. I just, I can't see. Well, here's that. What if he infects them in their, in their cryos? And then they wake up and they can do something about it before. I mean, there's the auto surgery machines. But they'd have to realize that they were infected. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's the problem because Ripley didn't realize she was infected with him until she didn't get eaten by one of them in, what was that, three? That was a queen, yeah. Yeah, she had a queen in her, and the drone was like, don't touch none of that. And she's like, oh, crap, now I got to kill myself. <laughs> yeah, which I'm surprised that the size of the thing inside of you, they don't have symptoms. <laughs> Yeah. And how long did Ripley have that days? Thing? I mean, days, days. Yeah. I mean, there's no argument. It's wildly inconsistent. Yeah. In the gestation. Maybe period. a queen takes longer to gestate. Yeah. It's a lot bigger. <laughs> it is a lot bigger. But yeah, I mean, I consider, I can't, if they bring him back, they're going to have to write around that so hard and it's just going to hurt it from like word go. Yeah. Unless he infects them in cryo and then they get up. That's the only way they can do it. Anything else is stupid. Yep. <laughs> It'll be another ship. 
Do you think they're going to continue the alien whatever ship? This will have to be dependent on worldwide box office. It fizzled here. It did it's fizzle underperforming here. Prometheus. It had a huge drop the second week. It's wrapping up in theaters now. There's not enough for the studio to ever spend that money again, unless it does really well around the world. I don't even know how Alien, the Alien franchise has done around the world. Is it something that other countries watch? Yeah, Prometheus did well. I mean, that's why. I mean, it took a while to get the sequel, but Prometheus, probably because we were starved for a new Alien movie and had hope when this thing was being made, it was Ridley Scott. Yes. The goodwill was spent. You could tell that not many people came back for Alien Covenant. The return of the Xenomorph and, yeah, and then... Yep. All right. Well, uh, thank you for listening. If you like the fact that we did a spoiler cast, um, I think we'll do it again on movies that deserve it. Not every movie needs a deep dive, but Matt and I were both fans of the series and wanted to talk about something we really couldn't talk about without spoiling the last third of the movie. You know me. I'm always I'm I'm a guy that doesn't shy away from spoilers. Like it does not affect my enjoyment of a movie whatsoever. So I'm willing to do it for any movie. All right. Well, thank you for listening, and we'll be back sometime soon.